This is Ray Anthony Hype, creator of Midnight Tiger from Action Lab. You're listening to Top 5 Comics. Round. Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us we have Mike. Hey. We also have Ross. Hello. Also featuring Curtis. Live long and prosper. And the man who keeps us together and keeps things going, CBS. Hello. And we have Rob. Hi. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's Rob. All right, so on today's show, we're doing Spider Gwen number one, uh, Suiciders number one, Secret Identities number one. The Multiversity, the Masterman, number one, and then Silk, number one. So a whole bunch of number ones. Seems, Before that, what? Yeah. Seems like our forte. Well, you know, sometimes it happens. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of books you need a review for, as they're number ones. Hey, it's all anybody likes anyway. <laughs> Ross, you got some news from the... Uh, from the doc, Ross in the dog pile with some news, <laughs> right? Is that how it goes? No. Let's go to Ross and the what's the dog pile? Uh, let's go uh, to Ross and the dog pile for some news. God damn it! I'm <laughs> uh, probably the first big thing we saw this past week was. Uh, Aquaman, the actual official image of Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Oh, finally. I didn't know that was the official image. Yeah, that's the the official. It's official. That's how he's going to look, yep. It's official with an F-I-S-H. Zack Snyder was who put that one online. Official. So unless he's like, I'm just going to Photoshop this and trick everyone. It's... I don't really think he's got that kind of time in his hands. I don't think so either. I, I don't know. He Do you wears... think it's really Zack Snyder? Yeah. That put the picture out? No, it's the picture of. Y yes. Well, it's not the picture of, actually. I know. <laughs> oh, okay. He does wear two QB you know, wristbands. <laughs> so I don't know. He might have all the time in the world to make Photoshop pictures. It's a sweet tan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think it's spray on. Yeah. <laughs> but Aquaman does look really formidable, so, I mean, that's a good step into legitimately taking him forward. It's amazing that we're still fighting people on, like, Aquaman's legit. I uh, legit caught a dolphin. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, not. he does that, too, but yeah, not for the reasons you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's pretty B.A. It was actually kind of funny seeing all the articles online about they're finally going to make Aquaman awesome in with this picture. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you have people covering things that they don't have any clue about. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, you know who say that? People who don't read comic books? Yeah. Boom! Yeah. This is true. Morons. <laughs> Not all of them. 50%. Well, if people don't read comic books, but they don't talk about them, then we're good. All right. That's right. <laughs> so they're not all morons. All right, all right. Yeah, if you don't pay attention to you anything, something? you're yeah. good. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> And then why are you listening to this? Oh, yeah, that's a good no. point. <laughs> Ross. Oh, yeah, and then uh, they announced that they're going to make some sort of spinoff of Arrow and The Flash that'll be other characters. Oh, yeah. So, like, Adam and Firestorm and apparently three new characters that we haven't heard about yet. I'd heard something about Captain Cold wrapped up in that mix. Yeah, Captain Cold and Black Canary, but I think it's the old... The Black first Black Canary? Yeah. So uh, the one's supposed to be dead? Yeah. Huh. But I, I don't know if they're just saying they're using that actress for something else, or if that's who the... I'll be all right with that, too. She's awesome. ...character actually will be. All right. We don't know name for the show yet? No. There's just... They don't random... have any... It's just... It's called Battle of the Bee All-Stars. It wouldn't surprise me at all <laughs> if it... Well, I don't know. It sounds like something they would call Brave and the Bold to me. But I don't see how they could call it Brave and the Bold with just having the cartoon a couple of years ago and not confusing people to some hmm. extent. Well, I guess in, in this case, it's mostly licensing hmm. would be would be the big thing. 
If I was to guess a name, that's what I would guess. Some variation of Brave and the Bold would be. All right. All right. The name. It's good times. It's good times. Is that, is that all, Ross? Uh, and then they uh, they announced that the they're making another Sonic and Mega Man crossover comic. And that's been that's been known for a while now, but just recently they showed that it'll include like tons of other Capcom and Sega characters. Some Street in Fighter in there. Street Fighter and Beautiful Joe and Monster Hunter and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. If you go as far back as the Sega Saturn days, the uh, the Knight character from that, like yeah, Jester Knight. Yeah, oh, right. Okay. So I mean, they're they're digging deep. They're going to bring a lot of. Unique characters to this. It'll be really cool. Uh, I'm hoping that that leads to more, like, video game comics coming out of the uh, Archie. That'd be they've been doing a pretty good job with what they have so far. So, yeah, I'd be surprised. I guess we might see something else come out of there. It'd be pretty cool. And then I guess we had the sad news of the day, which right. is uh, Leonard Nimoy passing away. Right. Pretty sad. It was unfortunate. Had yeah. a good run. Yeah. Eighty three years old. Definitely definitely was a big part of sci fi and a lot of the genre that that we're all in, so it's a it's a heavy blow. Yeah. I was telling Curtis earlier, I mean he definitely influenced a ton of people and like looking at my Twitter and Twitter was like regular to a certain point, and then everything was Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. after that. And mm-hmm. Things that weren't even like related to Star Trek or, or anything he was involved in. So. Well, I mean, he's probably the easiest recognized alien character, like probably in pop culture history. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you you don't have to even do anything. You could show up in a polka dot bikini with pointy ears and all at your Spock, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's a he definitely left his mark on the world. So. Yep. Definitely be missed. That's for sure. It's true. Si, senor. Si, senor. And unfortunately, that's all my news, so I guess we're ending on the sad note. Ross, <laughs> we got to knock him down, Ross. Uh-huh. We got to knock him. Mike, you got anything over there? All the uh, new CW show that's in development. We, uh, yeah, we were talking we about, that. about that. Yeah, I missed that. So no, I don't think I have anything else. Like <laughs> Mike just checked out for the entire. Yeah, I had to. Well, you know, that's sad. We got what Secret Wars happening? That's not really news now, though, right? Yeah. We never talked about that for a minute. Convergent mm-hmm. divergence. We talked about Didn't that we too. We talked about Spider Man. No, Spider Man. Yeah, we talked about that last. Okay. Like, we talked about that like four months like ago. Four months ago, and, and then the rest of the world it's caught up much with been the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know what's happening? Spider-Man. Yeah. Yay. He might be Miles Morales, and people are like, who? All right. Remember when I said that last time? I do. I do. I remember that. I looked at you, and I said, never, Ross. (laughs) Never. Secretly, in the back of his mind, he went, eh. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most likely. Take that, Black Panther. Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We'll, we'll, one day we'll see there is some there is some fun Mortal Kombat news they've introduced a couple more characters introduced ba- uh, brutalities into the game and showed the first trailer for story so if you're a Mortal Kombat fan that's awesome so go check that out Mortal Kombat jump everybody jump everybody jump I think that's something different it's the same is that crisscross? Um, yes, it is. Jump, jump was Chris Cassian. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about how... They made the Mortal Kombat theme? <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought you were talking yeah. about House of Pain. No. They, oh, yeah, they jump also, around. They also <laughs> House of Pain did make the Mortal Kombat theme, ironically, though. No, it wasn't Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay, well, that's enough of that nonsense. Uh, you want to move into some books, then, I guess? Yeah, no. books are like, good. It feels like that wasn't that wasn't very much of anything. Well, there's you know not nobody looked. Is a lot of news going on? You know, I mean, that just happens uh, sometimes. But you know what we haven't done yet? Huh? What number episode is this? Oh, that's right. So I think it says today's episode is uh, number uh, fifty-two. 
<laughs> well, that does kind of herald the ending of the new 52. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Just follow it on the way out the door. Take that, you sons of bitches. I'm just going to take the new 52 logo off. It's not, it's not totally different thing, oh, Rob. I don't even know what's going on anymore. It's going to change the DC universe forever. I can't buy this book anymore. Where are my pants? <laughs> Cut off my lawn. So, surprisingly <laughs> enough, that's probably... You don't have a lawn. Get off the lawn. <laughs> You're, we're, we're in a store, sir. <laughs> Although now when people come in and they ask me, Hey, you heard about this new 52 thing? I can say, yeah, it's over. <laughs> You missed the boat. Yeah, that's done. That's old news. It was a boat? Yes, it was. Remember three years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were drowning. <laughs> no. I mean, they, honestly, they're, they're just taking the title yeah. better off. Um, although... Uh, and doing away with a bunch of the books. Yeah, this is true. Um, the, I, I guess now the... the what the the first thing they were really saying was, like, we're going to make sure we always hit deadlines, and so deadlines are going to take... Priority over um, story content. You know, mm-hmm. like like we're gonna make sure who to hire. We're gonna make sure that this book is out on time, no matter what. And that fueled a lot of things in early DC for sure. I'm, and there there was some people that were really picked up because you you get it done on time. I guess now what they're saying is that they they want story to trump continuity. continuity. Which I don't know if that's good or if that's bad. Well, it can only be good where DC's concerned. Or it's just uh, something Dan does I, I set know, off the cuff. I, I think they probably something he's off the cuff. He's an off the cuff kind of guy, Rob. Back back girl choices at this point, they're not story over continuity. You like story or continuity? <laughs> that's true. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, there's, there's the window. Get the loud. And in the continuity, she is this new ridiculous version of Batgirl everywhere we see her. Well, how's the end game tie-in? I'm kind of curious how the end game tie-in is going to figure into that. That's going to be uh, into the new continuity. They're doing the, the actual in game tie-in, Batgirl in game. Oh yeah, I'd... each each of the books going to get their own. Well, not all of them. But well, yeah, a majority of the Bat titles are going to get their own in game book. Well, she might be sober enough to throw a batarang. Otherwise, she's going to spend a lot of it on her face <laughs> or on her back. No, no, no. no, no. She hasn't. Mm. She hasn't fallen that far yet. I, yeah. Not yet. All right. Well, let's clean it up a little bit. Well, let's she, move on to some books. She uh-huh. did make an appearance in the Batman book this this time, but there wasn't a whole lot to it. Yeah. Mm. There you go. So as long as she keeps her mouth shut, maybe. <laughs> somebody, somebody, get Mike a towel. <laughs> Just one right behind you. I right. brought one today. Yeah. Good oh, job. Oh, I'm aggravated. It's true. All right. Like Jack, All right, well, let's go into uh, some spider. Let's move into some, some books. God, man, I pushed for a little more, and that was a mistake. Oh, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know, there will be spoilers. All right, uh, let's go into some Spider-Gwen, Rob. Sure. Issue number one. Yep. Uh, Spider-Gwen is pretty unique because she's going to be in her own reality. And they haven't, you know, they're not doing a whole lot of, like, uh, piling on what reality this is. So, but um, I didn't want to like this book, to tell you the truth. Like, starting off, I thought people made a whole lot about nothing for her. I kind of felt like uh, they really set Silk up to be, like, the the better kind of heroine character. And so I kind of felt like... uh, you know, this book is going to fall on its face. And I was completely wrong. Like, I actually really enjoy the book. Um, they take a pretty unique approach to it. Because um, half of what I, I didn't like about the original idea is, and I, I haven't gotten to read her, her debut issue. That was a quick sell one. So oh, they had to the Spider-Verse, too? Yeah. Down to five prints? I, I, yeah. I'm just saying, five prints. All I, right. I haven't got to read it yet. Um... So, so what I had gotten from it was that basically she was just Peter Parker, except for Gwen Stacy. And that's totally not the, the case. They came up with a, a neat subplot with her where she's still struggling for money, like Pete was, but she set up a, a band with a couple of her friends, uh, including Mary Jane. It's basically it's called the Mary Janes. Right. And they're kind of struggling their way through in her first... Uh, appearance evidently they had a falling out and so she's kind of left the band she's starting to make a name for herself as uh, spider woman um and evidently peter parker 
in that world died related to her. And so everybody kind of, you know, it gives fuel for JJ to make her, you know, this menace and like trying to call for a support group to kind of ban the Spider Woman. Right. All the stuff he hates about Spider Man at this point is fueled over there by the death of Peter Parker against Spider Gwen or Spider Woman in this world. Yeah. Uh, and they introduce the vulture in the story. And he actually comes across as incredibly sick. Uh, one of the big things that we see different f for the vulture in this story is not that they made him young. They kept him at his same age, but they give him a few extra little things, so he kind of has, like, mechanical talons that work along his feet instead of replacing them. And then he has this uh, green fog or smoke that he emits as he flies. <laughs> How would you think? Well, it's, they, I, well there's, yeah, there's a joke about they that. They actually use it as a joke because yeah. of that later on. But she kind of, you know, as we kind of build out her story, we start to see other familiar faces in the in the marvel universe took it in a different way so matt murdoch actually makes an appearance foggy nelson makes his appearance here and he's working as like a lawyer who's uh, being retained by the mayor of new york or i'm sorry by by the police department actually right captain stacy is kind of you know trying to stick up for her you know she saved my life you know uh, she's not this menace that everybody wants do you mean dennis leary yes I don't think it matters what his first name is. Dennis Leary Stacy. It's Mr. Captain Stacy. Second. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, that was a late on me. <laughs> That's my keep on going. It's my bad. Alright. Um But basically he's he's being told that he's gonna be replaced as the uh head of the special forces um that leads up special crimes, so in this case superhuman crimes. And the the other neat part for this was like his replacement winds up being a Frank Castle that is not the Punisher yet. So, like, huge selling point for me. But as uh, Spider-Woman, or Spider-Gwen, uh, tries to deal with this growing menace of the Vulture, she starts trying to call him out by, like, spray-painting all over buildings, stuff to insult his ego, because she thinks that's what he's all about. And once they finally start to tussle, uh, it becomes a, a pretty unique kind of fight, and it makes for a great story. I, I was really surprised with how much heart the book had, how much character the books actually has, how much it doesn't feel like this is just Knock off Peter, Peter Parker yeah. in a dress. So, you know, I I have to change my opinion. I, I really thought it, it did a well, a very good job of that. So, And I like how they're using the rest of the world. This isn't just, okay, well, we're going to give her her own world just so she can play around. You know, they're actually tying in a lot of the other characters that we see in Marvel. And they're tying in the ones we don't think of. You know, they're not just going to the Fantastic Four. They're not just going to Iron Man and Captain America. You know, they're going to Daredevil and, you know, Frank Castle. And so, I don't know. I, I like that. I think it's a cool idea. You want to give a score for that book, Rob? Um, I'd give it a solid three. I, I was really impressed with it, actually. So. All right. Mr. Mike, what you got to say over there? It was pretty good. Um... It's like Rob was saying, the addition of uh, some of the other characters in the Marvel Universe in a different role. So it made it for me. Um, the art was pretty good. I believe it's... Uh, Robbie Rodriguez? Yeah, Robbie Rodriguez. So I'll give, give it a good three. All right. Mr. Ross? Um, and I'd probably give it a three also. Pretty much everything I could have to say about it has already been said. I, I did like seeing the other Marvel characters in there in kind of different roles. Uh, book wasn't necessarily my thing, but I had I had a lot of uh, expectations, I guess, right. going into it because I've heard so much about the other book yeah, that came the, before it. The Edge, yeah, Edge of Spider Verse Two. And so I kind I think I kind of had a high bar that didn't quite get reached with it. Okay. See, I, 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 like, I was kind of almost the opposite because it was so much hype. But it just wasn't my my thing, I yeah. don't think. But not bad, just not my thing. I, I, another thing that I actually thought was a lot of fun for it was there's a whole like subplot where she stops this guy from stealing a register, and ultimately we find out there's like 80 cents in the register. She takes it back to the store clerk, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, no, this is full of money. Spider-Man, Spider-Woman's a crook. She's That's like trying weird. to get like maybe some reward out of it because she's broke, and of course, mm. you know the guy's going on about uh, how much a menace Spider Woman is to Spider Woman. I just thought that was funny. That's pretty good. It's good stuff. Mr. Curtis, I like that it doesn't crap on previous continuity. 
What are you laughing about? <laughs> I'll give it a three. All right. Um, yeah, I'll follow suit. Well, no, you know, I'll give it three and a half. Me too. It, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Bookwise, art's good. Um, I don't know. The story, the way the story unfolds is pretty cool. All the little different tie-ins. I like the dynamic between all the girls in the band and, like, how that setup is fairly interesting. We're seeing, like, Mary Jane in a different light. And, and Mary Jane's kind of a bitch. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And just like the way that's playing out so far, I, it, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. I I, I like I like it a lot. Um, it was cool seeing the different dynamic for the different characters too. Like it's a different shift for everything, and it's like the whole world's affected, not just one piece. So, yeah, I give it three and a half. It was, it was good. Dark's pretty solid too. Oh, and she makes reference to Spider Ham. So I mean, it's true. She does talk about Spider Ham. That's a good yep. point. Good point. It's just a matter of time. Uh, no, please God, no. He's gonna be in the. Secret Wars multiverse, or yeah, and then you'll probably have his own spiders. Well, he's in Spider Verse, yeah. You know what? I I can't see him having his own book again. But if he showed up in Howard the Duck, I wouldn't be too sad. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I agree there. <laughs> he's both. Ross, are you on board for Howard the Duck? I'm not sure yet. Maybe. <laughs> we're we're getting there. Okay, so uh, next book in our lineup is uh, the Suicides. Mm-hmm. This is a Vertigo book, uh, DC Comics Vertigo. Uh, you know, it's a good book. Rob, you want to tell a story about a book? Yeah, I probably can't pronounce the writer's name correctly, but it's uh, Vermijo? Vermijo. Vermijo, yeah. And then uh, Hollingsworth. He's doing the coloring, coloring, and Vermijo's uh, doing the writing and the art. First of all, book looks fantastic. Uh, basically, Suiciders takes place in a decimated California. Yeah. Um, and they kind of, they allude to what happens. Um, and it's either an earthquake or some kind of uh, attack on the city. But basically we're so far past that point that there's people who, the, the separation kind of comes before the people who were born before and the people who were born after the wall was erected to separate off parts of California from the rest of the country. Right, so you have, theoretically, the good part of California, and then area on the other side of the wall, which is a way worse area, apparently. But yeah, they show us one sort of shot of the city, and yeah, it's kind of a wreck, but it's hard to say, like, what exactly caused it. But yeah, it's very much a separation between young and old and have-and-have-nots, it seems like. So is this kind of like a escape from New York? You know, we're not sure if it's been separated because of something like that or not. It seems more like the rest of the world is just... I don't know, like a refuge, maybe, or the rest of California is. I don't think we know enough about the area yet to be sure what that is, with what what it really is, or what happened, because they talk about it, but they don't explain it. So we don't have a scorched earth or a no. mega one. I don't think so. Uh, the difference also that we see in this is rather than us being on the outside and looking in at the you know royalty or aristocrats inside the wall, our story actually takes place inside the wall. We're we're a part of the more civilized society, I guess. Uh, and we're introduced to the saint. And the saint's going to be kind of this champion of this gladiator arena that a lot of kind of our daily lives or weekly lives are based around. And it feels to me, although they didn't say it, that like these competitions are between different areas and there's got to be some kind of bigger reward for whoever wins these things. But the saint's kind of a representative of California... And then his opponent that he fights later is this uh, character called Reaper. And I think Reaper is from the outside areas. He's from, you know, beyond the wall and kind of these more broken civilizations. Uh, and we get this kind of neat thread in there where he's being interviewed. And it's basically like this interviewer is trying to get any kind of information about who he was before, when he was born, whether he was a part of, you know, the this Generation Zero or, you know, what side of the wall he came from. And uh, she becomes really surprised very quickly on, like, how he looks. Because he looks kind of like Bruce Wayne. And yet he's this gladiator arena guy. So she kind of expected him to be, I guess, all torn up. And they quickly talk about how, like, basically everybody in behind the wall has had all kinds of augmentations. So, like, we're no longer just limited by humanity. We're actually upgrading some with uh, robotics or implants and technology. And one of the questions that she asked was, like, how much work have you had done? And he's basically like, oh, well, everybody in the area has pretty much had three 
augmentations at this point, so you know, it doesn't really matter that much. But uh, once we finally see actually what the arena is about, we kind of see uh, why it brings all these people to it. It's kind of this huge spectacle. Meanwhile, while we're having that story, we're seeing refugees from outside the wall trying to make their way inside and how critical certain things can be. Like how you look, with, you know, if you're scarred up, if you have... There's an example of missing one guy's missing a finger, and that's a major problem because no one on the inside would have a missing finger. It's like in Land of the Dead kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of, man. It's uh, kind of. Well, I think I think a lot of um, I think there might be like immigration rights tied up between who wins these uh, arena championships. Although they don't really get into it in this story, because I mean we're seeing the champions from different areas. And it's become such like a big spectacle, but like everybody who's beyond that wall, like it just sounds like poverty is like a non-existent so thing. It's kind of like it sounds like it's kind of like forced feudalism, in a way. Yeah, I can see that. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We don't see a lot of just average people beyond the wall. We right. deal with saint. We deal with some soldiers, but we don't really deal with a whole lot of just the regular people. Okay. But it seems like you know. Except for the ones that are trying to get across the yeah the border trying to get the across wall. the border. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it might be like extreme border uh, security right. <laughs> would be like a heart yeah, of the yeah story because too. they were being they were being um, escorted by what well what we would call like what they call a coyote right that brings people across the border same right. kind, same kind of concept because they had the hierarchy in Constantinople where you had the impoverished and then the higher you went in the city you had the the higher-ups. And it's quite possible, but that's what we'll see. But, like, for a future story, like, this thing actually keeps itself pretty well-maintained. It doesn't feel like this is stuff beyond a future that we could have. Um, artwork for it is beautiful, and the oh, story man. for it is really well done. It feels very cinematic, especially in the the fight scenes and the, uh, the arena stuff. Um, I don't know, I, it seems like... A, heck of a story i kind of let it slide past my radar and i'm really glad that we chose to, to take a look at it because it's a really well done book well, are you going to score it rob yeah i'd uh i'd give it a three and a half i was really impressed with it i think the artwork is really solid i like the story i think it's going to be something that it, it makes me want to come back and really find out more about what's going on in in that world all right so. well, that's good uh mr mike yeah, the artwork was fantastic, um, and they didn't jam so much into the first issue, story-wise, that you know a lot of some of those first issues can get a little dense. But uh, it, it had pretty good balance. Um, I give it a three and a half. All right, Mr. Ross, I'd probably give it a three. Cool, Curtis. Well, based on descriptors alone, as I didn't read the book, right. But um, it's usually right up my alley. Like, yeah, I I think this one is really one that you you want to take a look. Because I I like that uh, a post-apocalyptic feel right. to a lot of stuff when it's they have to go about survival on their own and going through rubble and stuff like that. So I'll probably give it, it on looks alone. I'll give it a three. If I read it, it'd probably be a four. I, I think the only thing this doesn't have that, that would fit what you like. Is it doesn't have a lot of super science and like really advanced technology. No, no. When it's post-apocalyptic, I'm good with it being. They're Tire building. Armor. Yeah, they're <laughs> building stuff from stop signs and stuff like that. Okay. That's what I'm good with. Uh, but yeah, three having not read it, four probably if I did. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I give it a three, a three. Yeah, I give it a three. So is that a Sorry. six or a no? Nine? <laughs> you know, it's it's all about spacing and whatnot. Like uh, the Did art's you look beautiful. At it? Oh yeah. yeah, no, it looks awesome. The art's great. Like the fight sequences are really cool. The whole I don't know the interaction between him and the interviewer girl. It, it it's it's interesting because she's like oh, I want to make sure to ask him the hard questions, and then her questions don't seem that risque to me. But apparently the whole idea of whoever he was before he was the saint might be a lot more important. Um, just the way it's set up is very, I don't know, I was trying to figure out a way to describe how it's set up, because you really have this whole, like, arena thing going on, but then you have this whole, like, immigration or, uh, 
trying to break into the aristocrat era, or trying to yeah, trying to break into the city going on. I don't know. It's really it's really pretty cool. Book wise, it's interesting enough that I, I want to see the second issue. So, but yeah, I give it a three. I, I like it. All right. Uh, well, there's that. Um, was, do you want to do some secret identity? I don't see why not. I'll throw a bat at you again, Rob. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, we we begin kind of like just steeped in battle, and very quickly they kind of introduce a whole lot of different unique characters. So we have. Um, Luminary, who's like this African-American girl who can fly and uh, bless uh, some kind of light energy, everybody. Then we have uh, Pixie Jester. She's kind of like a Spider-Man. Like She tries to be smart-mouthed all the time, but she doesn't really pay attention to what she's doing, but she's still kind of a tough like a powerhouse. Then we have, uh, I guess it's Pompey, who's like this kind of big muscle guy who's, our, who's like made up of lava. He seems like a lava man. Um, and then we have... A ninja who's basically like a, this alien samurai chick who has like orange skin when we first meet her and then outside of battle we catch up with her later and she has like a blue heel to her skin. And then we have Helot who's like a cyborg Spartan warrior. Yeah, he uses like psychic blades, but the way he, yeah, he's like a cyborg but with a Spartan helmet on. Yeah, and like cape and like... He's got a crazy look to he, he looks like he's right out of 300. Yeah. And then we have another character in the back who's kind of like a more mysterious kind of character, and I didn't quite catch his name. But as they as they battle on, they introduce another character. Or actually, there's there's one more. There's also a speedster who's a part of their group called Rundown. And as they battle on, another character joins the fray calling himself Crosswind. And Crosswind evidently can fly and generate like pretty powerful wind vortexes. Um... Basically, this whole opening battle is to just kind of introduce all these characters, and then we start the real intrigue, which is finding out that, um, like, finding out who these people really are. Along with that, we get a little bit of intrigue in that Crosswind is probably not as as up as up as they kind of see him as at first. They're they're really happy that he helped them out, and they basically decide to invite him to join their team. And then we see him a little bit later, and it's kind of like, oh, everything's working as planned. Very uh, omniscient, the way they can go about it. Yeah. I think a, lo- a lot of the meat of this book is really finding out who everybody is. So, like, Luminous is connected to the president. She's next to the president's daughter. And uh, a lot of the play is, like, where they're going to have the team. So there's, like, this political element between her and him. Rundown is probably my favorite, which is that uh, he's living, like, basically a, a double life. He's got two families with two kids and he's running back and forth, basically, between the two relationships. I'm pretty sure neither one of the ladies realize that they have a sequel family, either. I doubt it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So he, he kind of, he might be a, uh, a dirty bastard. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Our more mysterious uh, character, who kind of looks like the Grey Ghost, the one I, I didn't quite catch his, his name for, uh-huh. has basically, like, an unpunished criminal prison in his basement and i think he drains their energy to like keep his superpowers yeah he may be a vampire it's hard to say if he's what what exactly he is but yeah underneath his what looks like a mansion for the most part yeah he's got a crazy catacomb full of um prisoners that have been captured from like other countries other places and they're like people got away with things because the court system couldn't punish them apparently but what exactly he does with them eh, don't know it's crazy and then uh, Gaijin, we kind of find out that she has a like a half brother or an, an adopted brother. Well, I think she's the she's the well big, she's the adopted she's one. the adopted one. But yeah, she had a brother who's in what looks to be like the mob or yeah. yakuza maybe. Yeah, he's definitely on the wrong side of things, and we kind of get a little bit more of their relationship. And he's very much like, no, you're my sister, where she's kind of like, well, I'm I'm so alien, I don't know if we can relate. And then we find out Pixie Joker, or Pixie Jester's role, and she's like a, a stand-up comedian. And she's not great. No, not good at all. Uh, and we kind of find out that she's got like this mentor character who's like trying to tell her, you know, okay, well, this is your dream. You know, what could stand in the way of your dream? Well, we know she's a superhero. Right. Know? So from there we get over to uh, to Vesuvius. That's the oh, name of Pompeii, yeah. yeah. And we find out that he's evidently been around for a long time, possibly since Pompeii, 
and he gets called in uh, to this museum to meet a friend of his who's found all this these documents that survived Pompeii somehow, and like, oh, this might be a clue to your origin. And we kind of see him like have this one tan chance to kind of learn about things, kind of go up in smoke. Um, from there, we go over to uh, Hallett, and he's visiting a friend of his who's been uh, he's like a double double amputee now. And the two of them are kind of talking about what's going on, and we kind of find out that this other guy was a character named Diamond Jack, who was a part of their team, who wound up losing his legs as a hero. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. And, like, evidently, Hallett's, like, one of the few who's, like, reached out to him. But Hallett has some kind of a dark past as well. Uh, One being that he might not be a regular human, because he doesn't have a real name. And then the other thing is a recurring dream that evidently has him, like... Steeped in blood. Looks like he's slaughtering everything. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, we also get this extra point of like nobody else from the team has visited him. Right. So yeah, very yeah. much that they've they've outcast him ever since he was out. And so after we kind of learn some of their origin or some of their their real life, not their origin even, you know who who they are behind the mask, we go back to the super secret base, which is awesome and might blow your mind when you read the book. And we kind of start introducing Windshear to the rest of the group, and we kind of find out that Windshear is, you know, they only trust him so far, and he was kind of like, oh, I thought I just got in, and, like, I'd learn everything about you guys, and everything was an open book. And uh, we kind of find out, you know, that, that, yeah, he's doing something pretty seedy, and, you know, like, he thought, oh, this would just open up to me, and I, I'd have everything right off the bat, but he's going to have to, like, lay low for whatever he's going to accomplish. And then there's a pretty big reveal in the final pages of the of the book um but yeah secret identities really really surprising i was very happy with the book okay you want to give a score up yeah I, I know i'm rating everything really high today but like i i'd say probably a 3.5 I, I was really happy with it the only thing i can kind of relate it to is like super in that these guys really knew what they wanted to do with their heroes, and they have a nice idea of what they want to make their background in. If the main character for the story is their secret identities, I think this book knocked it out, and they did a great job of showing that. Um, but they don't feel like carbon copy heroes either. They kind of feel like unique characters, even if you've seen the power before. Right. So. All right. Um, is Mike? Pretty cool. It is a lot like Super. I'll give, I'll give it a three. All right. Ross? I'm going to stick with my number all night so far. Give it a three also. That's what I like, Ross. Stick to it. (laughs) Curtis? I'm going to stick with Ross's real number, which is 911. Oh, nice. And give it a three as well. All right. (laughs) When they solicited the book, it was no secret that there was going to be a double agent in there. Right. So uh, that's weird to me that they would solicit that. But now we get to find out what his deal actually is, and if he's going to be a not not a double agent, but a mole, right? Mm-hmm. And if he's going to be a double agent, yeah. So, well, I was surprised who it was, mm-hmm. not not who who the double agent is, but like who the reveal was. That was yeah, it was surprising. Anyways, all right, um, yeah, you know, I I guess we'll follow soon. Give it a three, also. It seems like. I, don't know, I guess the cool thing about it is the whole concept is that we're we're gonna try we're learning about how these characters are all kind of jacked up because none of them are are exactly what they seem like they are in their hero form and they all have weird like they all have weird either troubled pasts or things they want to have hidden or uh, elements they don't want people to to find out like all of them the volcano guy the weird robot slash um, three hundred looking dude like some seedy weird thing going on. I mean, they're Flash-type character. He's got the double life. So, it's crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, I give it a three also. And the, art's, the art's pretty solid. Yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And They're so plain about who the mole is, I wonder if that is really going to be the fuel of the whole thing. Just because of how weird everybody else seems to be, too. Anyway, um, alright, so book-wise, uh, let's move on to Masterman number one of Multiversity. You were promised a Nazi Justice League. This is the one. Uh, Mr. Mike, you want to tell us about this uh, Masterman? I'll give it a shot. All right. Uh, Grant Morrison, of course. 
and Jim Lee doing the art. Uh, it's interesting about this book is the opening page. <laughs> PG, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's Hitler taking a dump. Right. <laughs> and he's real upset because he got interrupted by his, uh, well, one of his aides, soldiers, whatever. Right. Explaining to him that they had uh, found a, basically, turns out to be a super weapon. And this is uh, a lot like the uh, Elseworlds story, uh, Superman Red Sun. But instead, his rocket crash lands in Germany during the war. So, once they figure out, uh, after taking a few pot shots at this baby, that he's invincible, uh, it moves forward very quickly. And uh, they they kind of jump into the future by about 17 years. And uh, they've, they're taking, America's done. They've taken over. Uh, it's a interesting story it really is um, uh, they, they talk they, they kind of focus a little bit on Uncle Sam the character but he doesn't really appear to be doing a whole lot at the time yeah we see shots of him but he's definitely hiding or he's he makes amongst refugees of America as things are getting torn down and destroyed right right doesn't it say that he died Everyone's I think they're under the impression. There's a quip of that, but they they talk about how that be. There's a one of the whatever the inner monologue we're getting talked about that being what we were told is that he was dead. Mm. Yeah, when they they blow up the Lincoln Monument, it's basically that was the day America fell, the day Uncle Sam died, or so they told us. Right. Yeah. But after all that, they jump ahead again. It's kind of the time, the time jump. It's, it's a little weird, uh, but it, it works. Uh, Sixty years this time, and this time, Nazi Superman is joined by Nazi. The rest of the Nazi Justice League. Justice League, yeah. Including a uh, Wonder Woman type character named Brunhilde. <laughs> she looks like a Swiss Miss. Yes, yep. she does. Um, and then there's a Nazi Batman called Leatherwing. Awesome. Uh, a Nazi Aquaman. Called Underwater Man. <laughs> right. Well, you know. Uh, well, I don't, you know, the list goes on. Well, um, you've got you've got Martian Manhunter with a stray of swastika on his belt. Yes. Good God, man. And then Green Lantern? Yep. Lantern in place with what? Oh, that's right. Swastika. Yep. Didn't we find out that means hope on the oil? Was that <laughs> no, what we said no, earlier? No, 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 Ross. That's a joke that's not right. <laughs> not, not a right joke. Ah. <sighs> What do they call the uh, Superman of Nazi? Overman. Overman, right. Yep. All right. Overman. Yeah, the Nazi Justice League. It's, uh, it's freaking unsettling. Very. Yeah. Very. I mean, Broomhilda, look, Broomhilda looks awesome, and so does uh, Batwing. But everything else is so... Leatherwing, it, right. Yeah. Everything else is so twisted. It's just... It's really it's, kind of... It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. It really is. But I guess uh, there is an attack... Um, and it looks like it's it's masterminded by Uncle Sam, but they capture this uh, this this attacker and torture him and do all kinds of nasty things to him, which doesn't appear to do really do anything to him at all. Yeah, they, they learned that he regenerated very fast, which was right. uh, something that Leatherwing was happy with, because that meant he could just beat the heck out of him again. Yeah, he does seem to uh, enjoy torture very much. Yeah. Well, and the entire time that they've got him tied up, they, they keep calling him the terrorist. And, like, it, it, it just sets up who it is later when they reveal it, finally. But, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting, like, it's, yeah. just so, it's just so backwards, it's weird. Very interesting take on the characters. Right. Um, I mean, even even Aquaman or Underwater Man. Right. He makes a comment that uh, he seems to be a little bitter. Because oh, the only yeah. reason he feels his people escaped the... Nazi slaughters because they believed the Atlantis to be like the root of the Aryan race. Right. That he makes a comment about. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, however, as the story moves on, uh, they, they do kind of switch focus to Uncle Sam. He shows up. And uh, they're talking to a character that's obviously Dr. Savannah. But he's a Nazi. I, I don't know. I, I never really got the dynamic there, why he would be helping them, or. Well, it um, seems like he's a flipped, like he's a flipping against the 
current establishment. Right. What's going on? We just do- dealt with Doctor Savannah back when we did the. Uh, so it, previous episode we talked about Thunderworld. Right. Which was the Shazam multiversity book, and Doctor Savannah was the villain in that one. Yeah, hey, a and bunch this of one, them. He's definitely part of the Nazi Nazi uh, propaganda machine, but it's almost like he decided to switch sides. Right, and he 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 helps him form what will be called the Freedom Fighters. Right. Um, which would be the Ray. Phantom Lady. Phantom Lady and... Uh, Black Condor. And then that Doll Man. Yes. Doll Man. Doll Man. I, I don't remember the the girl, so I mean, it could be Doll Girl. I don't know. I never... I don't know if I've seen her before. And also, uh, Jimmy Olsen is in this book as well as a reporter. That's correct. Yeah. Um, Finally got a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's more like a talk show guy. Yeah. 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 So... But it seems Overman, uh, uh, he's kind of, his resolve is, seems to be weakening. His woman doesn't like it. Um, yeah, that, that's reinforced several times in the book that, you know, like he's, he's expresses regret over the Hitler era. Right. And people are like, no, don't let anybody see that you do that. You know, they nope. have to see you as strong, you know. Yeah, not weak. They, yeah. would, they would look at that as being weak. And they kind of, they allude to... That they were gone, or most of the most of the team was gone for about three years, or at least he was gone, and that's when a lot of the Nazi camps and Auschwitz and all that stuff took place. And so he wasn't there, and he expresses a regret over that, but there wasn't anything he could do about it. So he doesn't seem like he's just evil Superman. Yeah, right now he's guilty, yeah. Superman. Um. But they uh, they are discussing their prisoner who seems to have escaped. Who seems to have escaped, um, and it turns out to be the human bomb. So he's gathered all this kinetic energy. They've been beating on him, right? Um, and he sets himself off. And I think Leatherwing and, and Underwater Man kind of get uh, messed up. Yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then it comes out that, well, Uncle Sam ends up uh, launching a huge attack on the city, and it it, it obliterated. So it kind of just kind of left it there with Superman mourning. Uh, interesting place to leave it, but it's a really cool story. Really cool story. I don't want to give a score there, Mike. I'll give it a three and a half. Story and art. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool seeing Nazi Justice League. Not that I'm into Nazis, but right, it's the it's the oddity of it. Yeah, it's just yeah. It takes your, I mean, especially that opening page. I mean, you you have to continue <laughs> reading after oh, that. Man. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Ross. Um, once again, going to continue my tradition of the <laughs> night. Apparently, giving it a three. I did really like that Superman wasn't just evil. Like, I'm I'm glad that they didn't pull that. Because he's a Nazi, he's just going to be evil the whole time. Yeah, yeah he's not Injustice Superman yeah. at all. And I liked uh, in the scene that I guess it might be kind of spoilery in there. That was really cool. That was kind of a throwback to an old cover. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah. Could it be him and Overgirl? Yeah. 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 I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was really a spoilery thing in there, but, like, yeah, it was neat that that was there, and I think that was... Some of the reasons that they did those jumps is that they wanted to include certain events that happen in regular DC continuity, mm-hmm. just through the filter of you know this world's Justice League. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess that's one thing I didn't mention. Overgirl somehow got taken out or whatever. He well, he wasn't happy about that either. He was pretty upset about that. That's evidently, what started. Yeah. Evidently, crisis happened in the Nazi world too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things happen and they're bad. Yeah. Uh, Curtis. You know what? I'm gonna give it probably a three too. All right. I enjoy it. It's good stuff. All right. Um, you know, yeah, I, I'll give it a three as well. Uh, the art's really solid. I mean, it's Jim Lee, so it's beautiful. The entire all the art looks awesome. So, subject matter, yeah, not. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, like uh, I'll give you that. It's weird. As far as the story is written, it's good. I mean, there's a whole mystery thing going on there because they talk about how they're pretty sure there's a a traitor in the mist, 
and so there's there's a lot of other pieces to the story than just what we went over, like yeah. kind of a lot actually. Yeah, that one actually really like is rattling around in my head because I still don't know right who we were talking about. Well, there's a lot of pieces like that. So it, it, story wise, it's really pretty interesting. So I, I gotta give him credit there. Whether we'll ever see a return back to this or not, eh, don't know. If we did, I mean that'd be kind of kind of interesting or cool, but even if they just leave it where it is, I mean it is what it is, so that's fine. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely got a cool cool feel to it. Rob, I didn't you, score you, the book. you score, Rob. Yeah. Wow. Um, I I give it two and a half. I I really I did enjoy it a lot. I don't know if I. It's probably because it was stacked next to all these other guys, but I just really really enjoyed. But. I, I was happy with it, and there's still a lot of mystery in the book for me. I'm probably going to have to give it another read to really figure it all out. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. Okay, so now let's move on to uh, Silk, uh, number one. Yes. You do that in the question format all the time. <laughs> well, let's know. move on to Silk. Well, there might be some objections. No, 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 sir. We're not going to do Silk. Yeah. We're going to do ROM. Oh, it's been here since the opening credits. Like, I do like ROM. <laughs> That's true. Well, Curtis is right, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Silk's from Marvel. Um, she's a newer character, just like the Spider-Gwen. Uh, as far as like group working on it, we have uh, Stacy Lee doing art and Robbie Thompson writing. Uh, Book-wise, uh, I, I like the way it looks. I mean, it is kind of a... It, it's kind of got that flair they're trying to put into Batgirl, and like it works for this for this book. The Batgirl one, the art works fine too. It's just the story. This one feels more European. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Or Asian, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, I guess she's yeah. Well, per, I'm pretty sure ethnicity wise, she's supposed to be a. No, I'm not even talking about ethnicity, uh, but right. This is well, it's, it's an American a- anime look yeah. to it. Yeah, like the style of art is American anime. That's what it is. Um, anyway, book-wise, we open up and they give us a good, like, intro page that kind of explains her whole deal and what has happened to her up to this point in, like, two paragraphs, which is pretty good. We, we open up and she's basically doing, pulling a Spider-Man, she's swinging through the city, fighting some villain. Um, we, we introduced to him and he's, he's Dragonclaw, and I don't ever remember seeing Dragonclaw ever before. Um, but she, the entire time she's trying to, trying to be very Spider-Man-esque. Because uh, he introduces himself, and then she automatically tells him that his name doesn't matter. He looks like a Pokemon. and sounds, uh, like, a Pokemon sounds like a Pokemon name. And then she asks him, is Pokemon still a thing? Because for Silk, like her whole, her whole problem is that she's been locked away for ten years and doesn't know anything about the current world and what is considered currently fashionable, I guess. She's still trying to catch up with the rest of the world. It's really pretty funny, like the way she does it, because she tries real hard to come up with quips, but uh, you know she's not really good at it yet. Anyway, she's also adapting her powers, and so she has a power freak out, and the Dragon Claw gets the upper hand, and Spider-Man swings in the saber, and she's dealing with weird feelings with Spider-Man too, mostly because they had a. If you read Spider-Verse, you see that the two of them have a. They have a different effect on each other than uh. I don't know, I guess they, when the two of them are around each other, they want to have this whole pheromone thing happen, and of course, you know, they're the same age, and by, by the same spider. Anyway, um, so she's not really sure how to deal with that either. But he saves her, and she, of course she's not real happy about that, and then she's got to go to work, and she's already late for work, which is very Peter Parker-ish. Her life, whereas Gwen, um, in Spider-Gwen, she has very similar problems, as far as being late, constantly broke, like, all that still is going on for Silk as well. So she weaves herself a crazy, like, well, not crazy. She weaves herself a costume. Or, not a costume, jeez. She weaves herself, a, like, a change work. Of a change of clothes for work. God, that took a lot to get out of my mouth. <laughs> and then we get a flashback of her prior to her being locked in the bunker. And we find out that she's got, like, a not a photographic memory, but a, uh, God, there's a name for it. Uh, eclectic, no, eclectic memory? Is that what they call it? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a photograph of memory. She remembers everything she's seen. And with that, we're seeing like the flashes of the last stuff she remembers before being locked in the bunker by herself. And uh, she's a typical teen. Um, her mom really wants her to do well in school. She tests really well because of her memory. So she's, she's smart, and she's able to learn really well, but she doesn't excel at school because she doesn't really try too hard. 
And her mom's not real happy about that. And we find out she's had a boyfriend for six months with her mom who's really not happy about that. And the mom is in an argument with her because she wants to go play field hockey with the boyfriend and uh, show the boys the girls can play too. And mom's like, no, you're going on this field trip. You're not going to miss half a day of school for no reason. Well, we find out later the boyfriend decides instead of to go play field hockey, decides to go with her to the... Um, field trip? The field trip, which happens to be to a uh, lab studying science and cell bombardment. It's the same lab Peter Parker went to on his field trip when he was bitten by the spider. Anyhow, um, prior to leaving the house, of course, she tells mom she hates her, because that's what you do. She walks her little brother to... She was driving off with, like, a play date, like he's going to see her friend. So we find out that her and the little brother are really pretty close, whereas at this point she's a teenage girl with a mom that wants her to do well and not fail at things. So it's pretty normal, as far as that goes. We find out now in her present job... She's also very much taking the path of Peter Parker um, because she's working at the Daily Planet. Uh, however, not as a photographer chasing herself. Uh, she's more of a uh, story producer or a uh, like a boiler house story. I'm trying to think what you what the title for the position is. Editor. No, she's not really an editor. She's more like a, more like a reporter, but not an actual reporter. Um, God, man, there's a name for it, but I can't think of what it's called. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Her whole job is basically come with ideas for the paper to write about. And there's like three or four girls that do the same thing. And at this point, she's auditioning for the job. And JJ is the one fueling the little conversation of what to talk about. And uh, JJ is going off at the girls about, oh, what do you guys got from the Twitter? And she's like, well, what's Twitter? And he goes, oh, we got an analog girl here. And you got a pencil of paper. You're not one of these newfangled girls. That's what I like about you. You're a winner. What do you got for an idea? And so she has this thought bubble coming through where she's like, don't say it, don't say it. She's like, well, what about Silk? Which is exactly the Peter Parker thing. And she knew she was doing it when she did it. And, of course, JJ's like, what you got on Silk? And so she shows him some pictures that happened earlier that day that were taken that showed up on the Internet. Seeing her fighting the Dragon Claw and then Peter Parker or Spider-Man saving her. And JJ looks at it and he says, oh, look, Spider-Man stopped her from stopping that dragon guy. Man, he's just such a menace. This Silk Girl is really awesome. Let's write stories about that. He's like, oh, sorry, Peter. So, like, that whole dynamic is pretty cool. We find out her other major fuel is that whenever she was locked away for 10 years, she basically lost her family. And granted, part of that was to protect them, but at the same time, she has no idea where they are. So her whole backstory is trying to figure out where her parents are and try to get used to her powers and figure out how to fit in this world that has outgrown her or moved past her. There's some other catches at the end, and we want to see a couple of other villains we're going to wind up dealing with as, like, cameo stuff in this book. And then there's a really big dark secret at the end, too, that is kind of uh, creepy, but, uh, I don't know, yeah, it's really, it's pretty, pretty creepy. So, yeah, we'll see how that winds up playing out, but book-wise, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and Dragon Claw, Pokemon name or not, will probably be playing a bigger role as we continue, because he shows up again in the story. Yeah, he's at least two two times where he shows up, and I'm pretty positive we'll see him in issue two, if not issue three. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he'll be around for a minute. Uh, anyway, uh, score-wise, you know, the art style is not typically what I really like. Really, what I really like. I'm more, I guess, more house style, uh, so like Jim Lee, I don't know. Uh, Book-wise, I, I like it just fine for the book. It was entertaining. Um, I give it... God, man, everything's a three tonight. Um, I'll give it a three. Uh, I liked it. I'm interested in the next book. Uh, it's fairly entertaining. Uh, Rob? Um, you know, yeah, I, I'd also give it a three. Actually, I, I like the story a lot. I think she was pretty funny. She doesn't feel just like reading Peter Parker, so that's you know a super plus for it. I'm interested to see where they go with the story. I think Silk's going to be a pretty good one. So, All right. Mr. Mike? Uh, the story was okay. The art didn't really do it for me. Um, but I'll give it a two and a half to start with. All right. Mr. Ross? Um, they kind of follow suit with what Curtis did earlier. Where I didn't read it. But from the sound of things, it sounds like something I'd actually like a lot. You probably would, because the way, the way she plays is very... 
And it's like it's fun. It's fun yeah. reading. So yeah, you would. I'd probably give it a three and a half just from hearing about it. It sounds like something that's pretty cool. Cool, Mr. Curtis. Middle of the road for me. Um, the story was better than the art to me, anyway. Right. It'll probably grow on me the more I see it. So probably two and a half. All right. Cool. Well, yeah, like I said, I, I like her costume. Yeah, that's a um, big selling point. Her costume's for me. really pretty awesome, especially that Johnson cover. Oh right, yeah, yeah. It's like her costume's a mix between, kind of a mix between the shadow and the spider, just with a like I don't know, a, a chick I'll, spit on it. Those are like the haunt. Yeah, and like haunt too. Yeah, it's got a she got a really cool costume, and I don't know the way she uses the powers is pretty interesting too. So the differences between her and Parker are pretty, I mean, they're pretty big differences. I mean he. Shoots a single web, but she's able to weave webs out of her fingers. The way her powers are very similar, but they don't they don't work exactly the same, but fairly close. So I uh, yeah I don't know. Like I said, uh, entertaining. I, I'm interested to see the next book. Um, well let's see. We don't have I don't think we have an interview this week. Um, so we'll move on to books to watch. And Mr. Mike, what do you got over there? Oh, I was just checking out the previews catalog. Uh image uh the rocket girls coming back finally all yeah. right um there's one by uh brian bucciolato he was writing the flash and he's writing detective called sons of the devil that was a kickstarter yeah, it's pretty pretty weird looking mm-hmm. and there's the usuals black science deadly class uh, east to west has been pretty cool lately and lazarus I got caught up on Lazarus. That's been uh, been pretty cool. Right on. Uh, Mr. Ross? A couple that I'm really excited about is the Mega Man and Sonic uh, crossover that's happening again with all the crazy other characters. It's a Capcom Sega crossover. Capcom Sega crossover? Does that sound right? Because we've all of their characters, man. Because huh? all the other characters. Yeah, but it start it starts as a it's a main part of the Sonic Mega Man story. But yeah, it is a Sega Capcom crossover, which is cool because it's happening in a comic book and not a video game, which is oh. kind of crazy. Right. Um, and then found out the next two issues of the Scooby Doo Team Up book are both going to be really cool. The next one's Superman and Crypto. Okay. And the one after that is the Johnny Quest group, which will be really, really cool. Hmm. I Good think, times. Yeah. I think I predicted that, like, a couple of years ago, too, when they yeah. started doing that. So It's very Hanna-Barbera-esque. Mm-hmm. So, those are my two. Batman and Robin always, too. Right. Rocket Rocket. <laughs> uh, Curtis? Always Invincible, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, they announced it. The Spirit's going to have its own ongoing by Matt Wagner, who did Shadow Year One. So I think that'll be good times. Uh, Birthright, keep on that. It should should pick up here again. Right. And uh, Five Ghosts. Stay on those books. Right. Big rewards. Five Ghosts just is in the new previews has a hardcover. Issues one through twelve for thirty four ninety nine. Jeez, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. So. All right, uh, Rob. Um, well, we got two big super events coming up. So I mean, we have convergence. We have uh, the secret wars, which are both going to be huge. Um, honestly, the I, I don't know what to expect from Howard the Duck, but all the covers look fantastic, <laughs> and so I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it. Um, other than that, you know, it's just uh, keep up the all new X Men, which has been fantastic as we go through Black Vortex. Should be should be exciting stuff coming as we go. Like a lot of the Convergence stuff looks fantastic. Uh, Bad Girls for Convergence looks fantastic. So it's got Red Robin in it, right? And Black Bat. Mm-hmm. Should be good stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. I. I think uh, Nailbiter, it, I mean, it's it's also very entertaining. It's Joshua Williams, the same dude writing Birthright. So, dude's kind of, he's a lot of places now. Uh, he's doing uh, 
that Battle World mini for Secret Wars. Right. So it'll be interesting to see that too. But yeah, he's really he's really kind of taken off in a bunch of different books lately. Um, so yeah, Birthright still I, I like that one a lot. It's super good. Uh, I'm happy with both Gwyn and and Silk. So you know I I think check those guys out if you haven't got a chance to. They're both really fantastic um, for different reasons. But yeah, book wise I, I like them. Uh, I guess that's it. I mean I, I Robin son of Batman. Pretty excited about that. Uh, so we'll see whenever that trickles out what it looks like. But yeah, I don't know, Secret Wars coming up. So there's there's a lot of big things getting ready to happen. And that uh, previous issue of Rocket Raccoon ended that story arc. It was a cool story. Yeah? Cool arc, yeah. If you nice. haven't caught up on that, catch up on that. It gives good. Really good. Mm. As a part of the Secret Wars stuff, uh, people that wanted to see more Old Man Logan, they're going to be going back to that. Right, yeah. It will be a part of Secret Wars, so it's not going to be like a standalone Old Man Logan, but it's nice to see them go back and do something with that property again. It's going to be written by Bendis. Oh, that's good. Drawn by the guy who was drawn Green Arrow, Andre Sorrentino. Sorrentino. Huh, all right. So it's going to be very different style art doing it. Right, compared to... Compared to what we got the first time around, yeah. yeah. Should I don't know? Bows would be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, I think that's it. Got any? Got anything else over there, Ross? Anything okay. else? That's it. For no. Me. Is Grant, that thought of Donkey Kong over there. No. No. All right. Uh, so uh, Taki. 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 All right. Uh, Damn, I want to